You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm wonderful. What can I help you with? Okay. Um, so my question has a little bit of backstory, kind of just a little bit of context about me. Um, so obviously I'm a pre-med student, but I'm actually a music major um, at Indiana University. Okay. And um, my question kind of revolves around extracurricular activities. So because I'm a music major, also pursuing pre-med classes, I have a very dense academic schedule and I spend a lot of time studying and I'm just super busy with school yep. during the school year. And I should also add that I'm an out-of-state student. Okay. So my question is, how should I go about pursuing um, extracurricular activities, primarily clinical opportunities um, um, amidst this very busy schedule that I have during the school year? Yeah. Sometimes you can't. Right? If, mm-hmm. if you don't think from a bandwidth perspective that you will have the ability to commit to something get the training for it, whatever you might need for whatever clinical experience you're going to get, commit to it and keep up your grades, keep up everything, then maybe the answer is you don't get any clinical experience. If you think you can, then see what you can do and and potentially go find maybe something that's a little more flexible that Mm -hmm. isn't a job and maybe is a little bit more volunteer, like hospice volunteering. Okay. Um, I should add, um, I just wrapped up my freshman year, okay. um, so I'm going to be a sophomore, and I'm currently working as a caregiver at a memory care facility. Okay. Um, so, and I'm working full time there. So I've accrued some hours um, in like the clinical realm. Yeah. Um, I just know that you preach consistency is key. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time, especially with clinical opportunities. Yeah. So um, you're doing full time during the summer. During the summer, yes. Sir. Okay. And then when you start school back up, you'll stop working completely well i um yes um, okay because i'm an out-of-state student yep. um i live in texas okay so so me- meaning you're home yeah. you're home for the summer yes sir okay got it got it yeah so it's very common for students when i see applications to have the summer activities and you you can just see it it's like may, may through august may through august may through august may through august are there activities now it's not ideal but if that's all you can do, then that's all you can do to, mm-hmm. to maintain sanity with everything else going on. There, there's no perfect way to do this. Now, will medical schools not like it? I don't know. You'd have to apply and, and see. Or you go, you know what? I know this is a pot- potential limitation, the fact that I'm only doing this during the summer. Maybe I'll not apply as a traditional student, end of junior year kind of timeline, and I'll apply at the end of my senior year to be able to show that during that application cycle, I'm going to be working full-time in a clinical environment or part-time in a clinical environment throughout that whole year uh, gotcha. and, and do that, right? And maybe that works best for you anyway because with your, your school schedule, adding in MCAT stuff, adding in application stuff is going to be hard anyway. Absolutely. Uh, I like what you said about hospice volunteering Mm -hmm. and I've actually kind of looked into that a bit. Um, when it comes to the school year, anything that is job related is pretty much out of the question. Um, just because I'm so busy with school, Mm -hmm. um, 
content. I'm not going to go through like all of my classes and whatnot because that's kind of like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and I, I do want to pursue as many things as I can. Um, and just kind of to add on to my question, I feel like sometimes I, I will try to be doing as much as I possibly can, you know, getting clinical experience, maintaining good grades while also having a social life. Um, but then I just want to keep adding stuff on. But then I also have this fear um, that I'm stretching myself too thin. Mm. Um, and I'm like kind of getting to that checking boxes mentality, which I'm trying to avoid at all costs. Yeah. Um, so how should I balance that? I don't know if there is balance. I, I think you you start with the highest priority thing. And the highest priority thing is you're a student. Absolutely. And then you go, okay, what's the next thing I need to do to take care of myself? Right? And, and I don't think there's balance because even during a semester, they're kind of waxing and waning in terms of your school schedule and the requirements for your time for school stuff. And so maybe during the beginning of the year, there's less homework, less quizzes, less whatever, and you have a little bit more flexibility. And then you get to midterms and you're like, I don't have time for anything. And then after midterms, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm cool again for a few weeks or a month until I need to start ramping up for finals. And so it's just a constant flow where you're constantly checking in with yourself going, where am I at? Am I good? Am I not good? Where can I add? What do I need to remove? And so that's where some opportunities that that offer flexibility and not like I have to show up at this time because it's my job are going to give you that flexibility that you're going to need as you go through a semester. Okay. That's very insightful. Awesome. Um, yeah. So um, going on top of that, uh, there are so many different opportunities um, that are not required, but, you know, sometimes I'll feel like they are required primarily shadowing clinically. I mean, those are kind of required yep. um, more or less. Um, but something that does stress me out a bit um, is research yep. because it's something that I think sounds really fun, but I think the time commitment, it doesn't really work with what I've got going on already. Yep. And I'm happy with what I have. Um, and I don't really want to sacrifice like changing degrees or, or really anything yep. that I've got going on right now. So I, that's the answer. So what should I do? Yeah. That's the answer. Just don't sacrifice. Don't yeah. sa like, you know, the answer. You, you don't need to change your life to fit a narrative that you think you have to fit to apply to medical school. It's fine that you don't want to do research, don't have the time to do research, can't fit it in your schedule, don't want to sacrifice to do research. That's okay. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of medical schools out there that will accept a student with zero research. I know. I mean, sometimes I'll go on little binges with um, application renovation and, and I'll, I'll hear that. But, um, you know, just getting this opportunity to talk to you, it does give me a, a big sense of relief hearing you say that. Good. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so... That's my main big question is just extracurriculars. Mm. Um, and then since I'm a sophomore, I know that there are, there's a lot of days that I have to, you know, go through and do school and whatnot before I actually get to the application. So yep. I guess my next question is a bit more broad, um, but just taking into consideration everything that I've done thus far, um, what should I do next in order to best prepare myself for 
taking the MCAT or doing another semester of classes and getting ready to apply to medical school. Everything that you're doing now, you're, you're asking the right questions of what should I be doing? Uh, what can I add? What can I take away? What am I missing? You're asking all the right questions that I think most students aren't asking. And so if, if as you kind of go back to campus and ramp up your sophomore year, it's going to be, okay, these are new classes, potentially higher level classes. I need to make sure that I do well in my classes. So you check in with yourself. You go through that first week. You you get the syllabus. You look at what those requirements are going to be, time commitment wise. And you go, okay, great. I think I can I can add some sort of commitment every weekend or every other weekend or whatever that looks like for you. So the core commitment is being a good student first and foremost, always. For MCAT prep, the best way to prep for your MCAT is by being a good student first and foremost by by getting that core science foundation. Learning how to take the MCAT comes later and, and doing well in the MCAT comes later. So we don't need to worry about that right now. And then okay. just the, the activities that you're doing, again, find things that, that light you up and, and you're excited about and think about the clinical experience, think about the shadowing. And if you have time to fit those in while also being a good student, great. If you don't, remember, you can you can change the timeline. So you, you don't have to stick to this very strict timeline of I have to apply at the end of junior year. I have to have every all, all of these boxes checked by, by that time or else I'll never get into med school. Like the, you don't have to do that. Okay. Yeah. I, I suppose my biggest fear with the application cycle is having to do more than one. Um, yeah, but, but what's, the, what's the worst? Like the worst thing is you have to go through it again. Right? I suppose. Like, yeah, it sucks, but it, it's not going to ruin you. It's not going to cause you to have some sort of scarlet letter that will never let you apply again. Mm. You just go through it and go, shoot, miss something. That's right. That's absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Um, so back to the, I'm a caregiver at a memory care facility and I, I love my job, but I'm considering next summer when I will have time to pursue a full-time job. Um, I want to just kind of diversify my portfolio in terms of clinical experience. Okay. Um, and I just want to know two things. Will it look bad if I decide to change to become a scribe and EMT whatnot? Mm -hmm. um, and I actually, I really think that's the big question that I really want to know. No. Go explore. That's fine. You spent two or three months doing it full time. It'll be obvious when you put it in your activity section that it's a summer job. You went back to school and then you have this other summer job and it happens to be a different thing. That's perfectly fine. Awesome. Uh, and then I, I remember vaguely um, in a video um, an application renovation video where you talk to a student who was um, a caregiver and that was the bulk of her clinical experience. Mm -hmm. And I remember you said something along the lines of that it is clinical experience, but it's kind of viewed as it's not the best. Here. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the best. Um, so whenever like an application committee looks at the fact that I was a caregiver, mm -hmm. um, how do they differentiate that? Um, from being an EMT in terms of like the patient interaction, like what makes it 
a lesser clinical. Yeah. Um, so, so I'll, I'll add context, right? It, it's not specifically being a caregiver. I think what you're referring to and, and typically how I refer to this is being a caregiver for a family member mm-hmm. makes it a little bit less than. Because taking okay. care of a family member is very different than taking care of someone else. Right. Absolutely. And so to me, that's the that's the line to draw when thinking about caregiving as good or not as good. Right. It's not okay. bad that you have taken care of a loved one. That's awesome. But it doesn't give you the same insight into whether or not you're going to enjoy a career of taking care of people when it's your own family member, because they treat you differently and you can treat them differently. That's very true. So that that's the big thing that that adds some context to that. Okay. That's actually very insightful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I, those are my the, my main like overarching questions. Okay. Um, just kind of going on for there. I just want to pick your brain. Um, and I know that you, your primary job is just advising students. Um, and in terms, I know that I'm very far away from, like I said, just typing out the application. Um, but just me having the, the personality that I have, I want to know as much as I can. So I've read some of your books. I don't need to get into that, yeah. but um, I know that you talk a lot about in like the activity descriptions of your application. Um, you want to like tell a story, a brief story, but a story. Um, and that is primarily um, centered around the AMCAS application, mm-hmm. but I'm and AMCAS. It works for AMCAS, but you as a Texas resident, uh, it works for a Comus yeah. rather. Um, you as a Texas resident, you get 300 characters. There's there's no spot for, <laughs> sometimes even there's no spot for full sentences there. So all of my advice goes out the window uh, for TMDSAS and you just, you put what you can put. When you say put what you can put, does that mean like, like you would on a resume? Or kind of. Like, yeah. Okay. I, ideally, you're still trying to show as much impact as possible, but sometimes it's just some job duties there as well. Yeah. That's kind of disappointing. It is very disappointing. I yell at them all the time when I talk to them, but that's what I, they do. I, yeah. They do have the extra it. three most meaningful essays that give you an extra 500 characters or separate 500 characters that allow you to expand a little bit, but... It's it's not as good. Yeah, I, I I suppose you would kind of take that from an AMCAS or a Comus application because isn't the isn't the word count or the the character limit in the regular box five hundred characters? For which one? AMCAS. AMCAS is seven hundred. Okay. A Comus yeah. is six hundred. TMDSAS is three hundred. And then for okay. most meaningful, AMCAS is 1325, TMDSAS is 500. But okay. TMDSAS also has two extra essays that AMCAS and ACOMAS don't have. So very true. You, you get to show who you are a little bit differently there. The not optional, optional essay. Exactly. There's the required yeah. essay and the not required, but kind of required essay. <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of trying to view this advising appointment 
like I would an interview. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a ton of interview experience um, because I've only had three jobs and the interviews were like 15 minutes. They were super brief. Um, and I've yet to get to your book about the interview, but just looking forward and um, like, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it, but I want to know, like, how would you approach an interview? Uh, the, the two biggest things, three biggest things are number one, understanding what the interview is for, for a medical school. And, and for the most part, it's getting to know you a little bit more for a traditional interview. The next thing to know is your application inside and out. Know your strengths, know your weaknesses, be able to talk about everything on your application. Anything that you've put down on paper is free game to talk about, so be prepared to talk about it. The third thing is you need to, you, you need to understand that the goal of this process very similar to point number one, what the, what's the goal? Like just getting to know you. It's it's to go in, have a nice, easy conversation, be yourself, don't sell yourself, do mock interviews, be prepared to, to be able to, to answer anything and everything, just be comfortable speaking spontaneously about anything. But the, the big, big, big one for, for number three which is like, <laughs> I, I added three things in number three, is do your research on the school. You have to understand why you're applying to that school, why you're interviewing at that school, why you want to go to that school outside of, oh, I really like the location, right? So for you, Texas is like, well, you're in Texas. I, I want to stay in Texas. Like they don't want to hear that you want to go there just because it's convenient. Okay. That's a good point. Um, one of the school, and again, this is very like, I haven't done a ton of research, but I've looked into schools that I'm kind of interested in. Um, and one of the schools, yeah, I can say that, right? I can Whatever go into specific want. schools. Yeah. Um, so one of the schools that I'm very interested in is Texas A&M College of Medicine. Okay. And while I've done a little bit of research into like their core values and things of that nature, a big reason that I am interested in that school in particular is because I know a lot of like I have a lot of family that went there that currently goes there. I have a lot of friends that go there and I'm just a big fan of- To the like, undergrad the or to the medical school? To the undergrad. Yeah, it's different, right? I want to go to your med school because the undergrad is awesome. Like that doesn't, doesn't ring <laughs> any sort of excitement for me. Okay. So, so when I look into schools- look into their school like overall, but primarily look into the medical school. Not overall, look into the medical school, okay. right? And, and the same holds true. I'll, I'll get a lot of students that are like, I want to go to your medical school because I really like your focus on this one specialty. And I'm like, well, the specialty focus is at the hospital, not the medical mm -hmm. school. Focus on the medical school as much as possible. Okay. Good to know for sure. Good. Um, Anything else? Um, at this point, I'm kind of like, all my questions have really been answered. I didn't expect it to really go this fast. So I'm kind of just spitballing, but I do have a lot of questions kind of pent up over the last year or so of just going through a year um, at college. And now I kind of want to talk about academics a little bit if we have time. But, yeah, we got a couple minutes. Um, so I've seen 
And I've heard a lot about how obviously the upward trend is kind of like in terms of your GPA mm-hmm. um, is ideal. Um, if, if you need an upward trend, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a 3.0 or 3.8 GPA, you don't need an upward trend because you're, you have a good GPA. Mm-hmm. The upward trend comes into play when you have a lower GPA, like you're at 3.2, 3.3, 3.4. Then that upward trend as close to a 4.0 as possible is where we start talking about that. But if you go yeah. from a 4.0 to a 3.8 to a 3.9 to a 3.7, like your GPA is fine. Okay. That's kind of what I want to know in yeah. terms of GPA. Um, and then on the other end, um, not in terms of GPA, but in terms of credit hours taken per year. Yep. Um, I haven't really heard this talked about a lot, but I'm not concerned, but I want to know about um, like in terms of science, cl- science classes, mm. like how many credit hours should I aim to take um, per semester and per year? Because I started my first semester, I just took one five credit hour chemistry class. Mm. And then from there, um, I'm taking everything like in sequence as a traditional pre-med student would take. So last, last semester I took 11 credit hours or 12 credit hours worth of science classes. Okay. Um, so in total, I think it was 17 credit hours. Wow. Um, yeah. But I, I just want to know, is that like something that I should aim for or does it not matter? Or am I just like kind of making this all up? You, you make it up that however it fits for your timeline and your schedule, if you want to apply during a traditional timeline, then you need to ideally make sure that you have most of your core sciences done so that you can take the MCAT. Mm -hmm. And then you need to uh, have those science classes done. So when you matriculate to to medical school, ideally, uh, obviously. Um, But if you're going to be taking a gap year and you're not going to apply until your senior year, then that extends your timeline on when you need these classes done. So that's really the biggest thing is looking at it from a, when am I taking the MCAT perspective uh, for most of the classes? Because a lot of students will apply to medical school without all of their prereqs, and that's fine as long as you're going to finish them by the time you start okay. medical school. So that's the biggest thing is when it, when are you planning on taking the MCAT and what does that schedule look like to get to that point? And that's okay. where your school advisors come in really handy because they know all of the sequences that work well for pre-meds to, to make mm-hmm. sure everything that fits in. Ideally, just big picture wise, the ideal situation is you're a full-time student, period. So that you're you're taking classes in some sort of a rigorous time way um, so that you're not just like taking one class a semester over eight years. And it's like, okay, is yeah. that is that really ideal? Yeah. Definitely good to know. Um, so like um, when it comes to taking classes with the MCAT, so hypothetically, if I want to take the MCAT my second semester of my junior year, which I'm assuming is like the traditional time to take it, like yep. March, April, sort of whatever. Yep. Um, I know a lot of students will be taking like physics to mm-hmm. maybe like psychology or sociology or some other like um, like I know that some physics two content is covered on the MCAT, but is that something that I should concern myself with? Like, yeah, phys- physics two is one that I think most MCAT instructors, people who I have on the MCAT podcast are like physics two, you, you're fine without it. Okay. 
but definitely like gen chem definitely gen chem bio gen bio physics one uh ochem some people will say ochem two maybe a little bit less uh biochemistry definitely for sure yeah yeah exciting yeah well, as we wrap up here, um, go to blueprintmcat.com as you're kind of planning everything out. Use their free study planner tool to help you figure out that kind of stuff on what subjects are going to be needed to to study and uh, figure out what your school schedule looks like to, to fit that in as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 